delicious. Welcome to the Real Wolf Record Club. My name is Joe. I am your host. And with me, as always, is the Real Wolf Record Club panel. Hannah and Ben, we have a great, great show for you today. We really do. We're talking about one of, uh, actually, it's a twofer. We're talking about one of my favorite records from the 1970s. One of the great, vibey gems from one of the moodiest songwriters of modern music with, with one of the most distinctive, recognizable voices and there's not there's not a whole lot of more background i'm gonna give i'm gonna tell you that's neil young there's no way that's not neil young and we are talking about his moody 1974 masterpiece on the beach and i told you it's a twofer and the twofer is we're also talking about that record with an artist who i'm putting him on the spot here a little bit who released one of my absolute favorite records from is it would it be the 20 teens is that how you'd say that? The 20 teens? <laughs> he's sure. shrugging right now. Uh, he, he's here to break down this On the Beach, Neil Young record, and, and he's released several of his own breezy, rootsy, vibey masterpieces, including the 2017 gem, Faded Days, as well as his new record from last year, Hometown Hero. He has played with Retribution Gospel Choir Low, and although not a real wolf, he is an actual wolf our guest today is mr eric pollard better known as actual wolf actual wolf welcome to the real wolf record club you know how can i pass up a chance to be on the real wolf record club (laughs) talking about neil young um who obviously is a if you listen to any of my music especially uh you know that release faded days uh heavily neil young influenced mm. uh you know grew up near canada neil's great everybody <laughs> loves him. well i i felt a little i was like okay look i love faded days by actual wolf uh is it too is it too on on the nose to be like real wolf record club has to have actual wolf on the show <laughs> i i'd like to be on all podcasts not just the real wolf record club i i love to talk uh you were talking about muting earlier, and that is something I am just not, I just don't know how to do. <laughs> He's just not going to do it. He's just not going to do it. Well, we're here to have a great conversation with with our guest, Mr. Eric Pollard, Actual Wolf. We're going to talk about his work, his music, where what he's doing with his time. Uh, and you're going to find out a lot of information about him and where to find him, because I think there's some good news coming up this year. Be sure to join in the conversation on this album and all our albums at realwolfrecordclub.com. Did you hear that, Ben? Hannah, I left off the WWWs this time. We all know it's WWW, realwolfrecordclub.com. Go there to find out information about all our guests, episodes, playlists, and even find merch. I love saying that. I love being a merch guy, digital merch guy. Uh, You can also go to Instagram, at realwolfrecordclub, Twitter, at realwolfrc. But without further ado, let's get into our conversation uh, with Mr. Mr. Eric Pollard. The That's actual me. wolf, Eric. I got to get the heavy stuff out of the way. Uh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> how was how was Southern Oregon and how was Donna? Oh man, Southern Oregon. It's a great time. Um, it is a little cheaper than Northern California, and mm-hmm. uh, it has a similar vibe. And um, 
yeah, you know, it's it's good. It's good, like-minded people just kind of hanging out. Uh, I searched I searched long and hard on your Twitter to find out your kitty's name. I know you're a big cat guy, and Donna's doing well. I have two kitties. There's one <laughs> that you don't see often. Um, her name's Lil BB, but uh, Donna is doing well. Donna is fantastic. She's probably outside my door right now, wanting to get in. She, <laughs> uh, we spend a lot of time together me and my cats and if anybody ever wants to talk cats just uh hook up with me on uh social media and i you know uh part of the real wolf productions llc media empire yeah we <laughs> may have a real cat record club uh someday out there talk cats and music um eric you grew up uh in northern minnesota it looks like you went to school wisconsin you've you've obviously made a name for yourself in the midwest playing on the current and shows throughout for the better part of a decade uh what drew you you mentioned oregon what drew you there um well i used to live in oakland california mm -hmm. and uh when my partner eureka and i got pregnant um we decided to move back to minnesota uh, we moved to duluth for three years and then we were looking to get out back out to the west coast and we knew about ashland oregon it's the uh, home of the national shakespeare festival we have a big theater in the round uh, mm -hmm. downtown and um yeah it's kind of a mystical mystical place uh, there's hippies and uh fairies everywhere and wizards <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's okay to wear a cape around town, so <laughs> we decided that that's a good place to raise a kid. Ah, yeah, I love that. I mean, I, on our episode one, uh, we talked with Ward Sutton about uh, wizards versus uh, robots, and he he was pretty much squarely in the robot camp. And I, I'm a wizard guy. I think you're a wizard guy too. Wizards clearly. I mean, the thing about <laughs> robots, and I don't need to. I told you you're digress, digress, I, my friend. I, I do love podcasts. Um, uh, the thing about wizards is wizards can conjure anything they want. A mm -hmm. robot is pretty. Uh, it's usually it's pretty one sided. Yeah, yeah. It only does one thing usually. Like okay, the robot destroys things. Yeah. Uh, um, or vacuum your living room. Yeah, thank you. Yep. I was like, <laughs> or cooks for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's it's really a robot has to be programmed, or a wizard can conjure anything. I mean, we've we you know, I'm taking Gandalf yeah. over T two any day. Yeah. So it's a little bit more of the agency that you enjoy. You like the fact that a wizard could choose their future, not his, his, hers, their future, as opposed to a robot, which is just do what you're told and shut up about it. Wizard versus robot. Even in, even like a uh, robot that is, you know, uh, has machine learning. Uh, <laughs> wizard is just like, <laughs> robot, gone. Doesn't matter think, how big it is. I know? think it's the, the interlocking gears of a robot that spook <laughs> us. We all think that's sharp, that would hurt, that's efficient, cold killing machine. But, I, you know, really, where's the love? I mean, that's what I'm thinking with robots. Where's Interlocking the gears, man. Come on, dude. It's like old time. Funny, dude. Nah. <laughs> it's like, the 90s. Like sprockets and gear. <laughs> like, Steampunk are you, robot. Are yes. you George Jetson? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
Are you going to ask Mr. S- uh, Spacely for a raise tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> that is, that is number one on my to-do list, actually. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> moving on. It has been, uh, Eric, it's everyone knows. I mean, artists especially, but it's been a long couple years. Uh, I have to tell you, one of the last live shows I caught, we caught, Hannah and I caught, before the pandemic, you played a show at the Hook and Ladder in Minneapolis, March 2020. Oh, Fan- sweet fantastic show uh and the good news i guess because a lot has changed for that club and a lot has changed in the world since then Mm -hmm. uh the good news is you seem to have kept busy at least in terms of creating new music because hometown hero your new record came out in late 2021 tell me about that okay crazy story about that we got off the road we wrote all the tunes um i wrote about 40 songs for the record and i don't really like to hip my band to things going into things i just like to keep it loose and fresh yeah kind of like the record we're about to talk about Mm -hmm. but um we actually recorded that at pachyderm in the fall of 2019 Mm -hmm. and we were getting ready we just got off the road with trampled by turtles and we were getting ready to like make our push and put publicity and get the next tour set up and uh mike and i set up all our winter duo stuff and um yeah then then that whole thing happened and that's mississippi mike right yes mississippi mike wolf who is actually that is his real last name yeah <laughs> mike wolf. and he is from mississippi a town called past christian mississippi mm. and so yeah. then what ha- i mean so you got the album written and then the world happens in early 2020 yes. what happens to the record okay. what do you, what what changes? okay so then we we start releasing videos because we're like hey pandemic no problem we'll just roll this sucker out president trump and the republican party and democrats uh have assured us that this is no big deal all major <laughs> news outlets have told us various mbd yeah <laughs> various ways of how this is just gonna it's gonna be over by fall and it'll just probably be a seasonal virus yeah, mm. yeah we remember those times the old <laughs> the uh, old days. early days yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then our unfortunately our uh record was set to come out the day that george floyd got murdered mm. Mm. so mm. we obviously powder keg situation we did not see it appropriate to release a record that day because we're not horrible people. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so then we just sat on it and we thought, oh, it'll be all good. The pandemic will be over. You know, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And uh, here we are. And so we got to a point where people were just begging us, uh, to re- just release it anyway and Bandcamp friday stuff happened mm-hmm. so i called copycats media in the twin cities brad gunnerson a fellow iron ranger and uh i called him and said hey man how quick can you get a cd done because uh, we have a whole new record we want to do and we mm-hmm. haven't put this out yet and um he said i can have it done in three weeks so that was it that that's mm. that's how it happened but it just yeah we kind of sat on it for a long time and and we i wrote a whole new record and then we came up with this new um record concept that we're about to hit the studio with mm. uh, which i will keep secret but yeah, yeah. 
we love being the place where people drop stuff if you ever feel the need well um, we are recording a record so in may i love may it 9th 10th and 11th in the twin cities we will be recording a brand new record um what what does it god what i mean because i i got to imagine as somebody who you know has the 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 vibe and the sound and the the clear the ethic that you have towards writing and the sound that you're trying to create you're a, you've got to be a vinyl guy i would imagine love to it to some degree yeah and and you faded days sounds fantastic on vinyl i bought a copy as soon as i could and it's just so good you can't find a hometown hero on vinyl yet was that in part because of what happened i mean is that did that the pandemic pretty much change your guys's plan or Matt yeah, I mean, this record. you guys heard what happened to vinyl during the yep. pandemic, you know, uh, and it still continues. Oh, and I would like to say Copycats Media in the Twin Cities is has just announced that they are opening the first vinyl pressing plant in Minnesota, which is dope. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll just be getting all our vinyl done through them. That's fantastic. Uh, we like I we have a that. good. Yeah, we have a good relationship with them. Um, yeah, so it kind of switched up our whole philosophy on how to release the record we went with four we're going with four different covers mm-hmm. and um then we're gonna put one of those covers we'll we will eventually release in like a limited vinyl but um we we decided just like make one cover sell that out make it we're on to our second cover we'll sell that out on this run and then we'll make the third cover and the fourth cover and then you know We'll throw our new record out and now there, there aren't any rules anymore um mm-hmm. major uh like not even major indies like indies and all sorts of labels are just completely like scraping by and trying to figure out how to like market the next shiny new toy <laughs> so it's like, all, all you can do is just keep putting out music like let's say neil young uh, see how i segue i'm just like i can jump right into it at any time no i love yeah i love that i mean it's it's what i you know i just remember you talk about the early days of the pandemic and i remember seeing all these approaches to whether it be creating music or or um performing it i mean the flaming lips at one point had people in bubbles they had these huge inflatable bubbles where people are like, this is how you're going to be safe because we need to be live. And it's a, to hear kind of the things that you guys have gone through, the changes you've had to make sort of on the fly and that you're, you know, you're paying attention to world events and realizing it might not have been a great time to go onto Twitter or social media and say, buy my album while the world's burning down. Um, it's <laughs> Plenty just... did. Plenty did. Yeah, Plenty. I can yeah, imagine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, has was... that has there been other things that you've thought of, whether it be touring differently or how you're going to release your next record i mean is this a is this a career changer life changer the pandemic for musicians um yeah i think what it did was really opened up live streaming and how we market ourselves online and i really think that Bandcamp currently has the best model for how to like for anyone to make money um on anything because now Bandcamp is you can sell all your merch you can you know Mm. everything um and uh so hopefully more attention will be paid to that but yeah touring is i don't know how that's gonna work like we're just planning these kind of like what we've always done which are these tiny like a, a spring tour a fall tour 
uh, maybe a winter tour, you know, um, usually, you know, 10 days, two weeks or whatever, two weeks or under, because we all have jobs because, yeah, because we just live in a culture that just does not give people time to be creative because it makes us worry about money and, and, and I guess the pandemic really showed all us artists and everybody that works in a bar or a restaurant or, you know, just like, Oh man, we, this sucks. <laughs> you know, like, whoa. Well, like, like we weren't making money before and now we're really not making mm-hmm. money. Um, but I, I mean, mean you're in, you're in the world, you know, in the world, it's, it's, it's a capitalist society that requires you to work. You got to pay the bills and the world changes. I mean, I, I'm going to ask the, 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 the big fat elephant in the room is as an artist, why, why persist in the face of that? What, what drives you to continue to, to do it? Uh, I was talking to my good friend, Tim, um, I, from, uh, trampled by turtles the bassist. He's my best buddy. And we were chatting about this very thing. And he said, you know, it's just what you're compelled to do. I often think about the stand-up comedian when we think about art, because it's probably the hardest, most yeah. revealing job. And how could you not, like, when you want to talk about art, that is somebody who is compelled. I mean, they're just compelled to bomb. Like, yeah. Like, oh my God, you know, I'm going to bomb because I love it. I'm going to bomb because the more I bomb, the less I bomb, you know? Yeah. And I, and I'm just going to keep getting there because there's something about the thrill or yeah, we're just, you're compelled to do it. You do it. You keep making art, um, you know, whether you have to work a day job or you have to work a day job and a night job, or you have to work a day job and a night job and run an Etsy and run a Facebook market page and run a website that sells t-shirts with your cat's face on them (laughs) and sell pot. Yeah. All that stuff. Just, just to do it, you know, like it's just, it's that people, that's what we do. And we continually throw ourselves out there to be criticized by people who appreciate art but can't make art it's it, you know it's you, gross why would you do that <laughs> well and I, to do it yeah my question yeah. was more was not so much to to suggest that it's 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 uh anything wrong with it because i'm i'm 100 there with you as somebody who can't create art uh, has tried and failed but can't but this is our, our entire show is a pandemic pastime it's something that we as music fans we we sat there and we watched the world imploding um, and, and thinking we have to do something. We have to find a way to continue to appreciate and connect to the art we love. And, and, you know, a year and a half later, we, we launched the show after practicing for about a year and a half. And it's to your point, it's that there's something about music. There's something about art, whether it be stand-up comedy or writing or performing that just drives you to be a part of it. It drives you to create it. It drives you to consume it. And so I always wonder about that. I mean, the pandemic was such a, a life-changing thing in so many ways for so many people. But um, you found a way to do it. You found a way to continue to do it. And, and God bless everyone for that. Let's pivot here. Okay. Word of the moment. We're going to pivot here. We're not pivoting can, on the beach. We're not there can, yet. Oh, we're not? Oh. We're not there yet. <laughs> I was like, I can ramble, boy. <laughs> no, we got so much to unpack. I brought... Okay. I, listen, listeners, I did not bring Eric Pollard, the actual wolf, on 
this show for one single reason. But if I had to pick one single reason, it's because I'm going to tell you, go out and listen to this record, Faded Days, 2017. It's such a fantastic record. And I want to ask you, there's a distinct vibe to it, much in the way that we'll talk about with On the Beach, uh, the Neil Young record that we're going to talk about as well. How did Faded Days come together? Because you've got this album that's got this distinct feel, this distinct vibe, and you've got this great band that you put to, put together to help you make it. Um, tell me about that record. I wrote, um, I just, okay, this is the full, this is the quickest version of the story. <laughs> I, got, I got off probation um, in, I think, 2014, and I went to visit my friends in Oakland because I was going to be moving out to Oakland. Um, and I was going to be, I, I worked out in Oakland uh, in the cannabis industry uh, for many years before I got busted and all that stuff. So um, blah, 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 past that. Everybody knows that story. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went out to Oakland and I stayed at my buddy Tim's house, who is my, my good, good homie. And this a uh, strain of herb just came out from a from a company called Rare Dankness. And it was called the Ghost Train Haze. And it was a ghost OG times train wreck. And it was very amazing. And Tim and I being huge haze heads, um, I had to try it. I tried it and I wrote that day while Tim was at work. I wrote Faded Days, City is an Ocean, and Be My Love. Mm. And I thought, I thought, all right. Like, and, and I, <laughs> it's I, working. I, yeah, Ghost Train Haze. Oh, and that was the first time I had smoked since I got off probation. So <clears throat> it was a big deal. Yeah. And I wrote those three songs. And actually, in the original demos, you can hear the BART train going by like every, you know, eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I demoed them all that day, completely on GarageBand, everything, drums guitars, keys, everything. Um, and uh, I thought, wow, I think I really got an album here. And then I got busy touring. Um, yeah, sorry, for listeners. I am smoking my hash that I make. Um, it's perfect for the story. Perfect yeah. timing. And uh, yeah, so this is Gelato 33 hash. But back to the story. Um <laughs> So I wrote those tunes and I was like, man, I got something here. But then I had to go on the road. I went on the road with like uh, my buddy. I'll just say his name is Mark. He got me tooed. I we'll know who you're talking that. about. Yeah. Went on the road with him. Wow. Uh, went on the road with my buddy JP Harris, who is awesome. Country artist from Nashville. Old time artist as well. And um, then I went on the road with Haley over to Europe. And that was probably one of the funnest tours I've ever done in my life. And so I got sidetracked, but I was still demoing tunes. And um, I wrote about, I decided in spring of 2015 that I was going to, that year I was going to record a record uh, with those three tunes as the anchor. Mm -hmm. It was going to be Call Faded Days. <clears throat> Graham Tolbert had gone. I think he had come through with the staves. He was taking pictures and they were down in LA and he took that shot and he posted it. I told him, man, I want to, that's going to be my record, uh, my album cover. So you got to send it to me. I don't really, I don't really like ask. I just, 
I just go, yeah, that's it. You got to send it to me and we'll work something out. So, and we did. And, um, yeah. And then I started recording it. I recorded it over a year, that whole year, 2015. That's uh, so you started, I mean, the first three songs were written in 2014. Yeah, and, and like then, in like March of 2014 or yeah, February. And then you came back to it a year later. I mean, as somebody who's, I, you know, I was going to save this later, but I have a failed novel that I wrote about the vibe of On the Beach by Neil Young, and it may never see the light of the day. But I can tell you, as somebody who tries to write, writing from day to day, let alone week to week, month to month, year to year, is very difficult to capture the same vibe. I mean, how you had just, smoked a marijuana cigarette and then you wrote some albums or some songs. Oh, one? <laughs> I'm such a square. Um, yeah. And then and then you came back to it year over a year later and finished it. How did you? How did you? No, keep that I, vibe, I man. I just kept <clears throat> writing songs while I was on the road, and so I just had my computer. I mean, I probably wrote 300 songs for Faded Days. Wow. Like I, I, I'm a really like methodical when it comes to songwriting. Like I'll just sit and write verse after verse after verse after verse after verse, and then take those verses, chop them up, and cut things out, and mix them up, and 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 um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, there was a point in Nashville. I lived in Nashville briefly, and there was a point where I was writing and demoing maybe eight or nine songs a day. Mm. You know, and they're not all good, but like it's just the process of it. You know, you just keep at it, and then I was talking with my buddy JP while we were on the road, and and he was we were talking about Bob Dylan and how Bob Dylan just has his own bus. I'm like, what the hell does Bob Dylan do all day? And then we were, and then we were like lit driving the van and we were listening to Bob Dylan, you know, and he notoriously changes his lyrics like all mm -hmm. the time, new verses all the time. And then we're like, Oh, he just writes, he just like rewrites the songs or he makes them up or he, you know, he just, who knows what he does, but like, let's just pretend that's what he does. And so then I just started writing more songs. So mm. yeah, I, uh, I wrote a lot of songs. That's how I kept the vibe. I just kept, and some of those songs, on faded days um like little runaway mm -hmm. that's that song i wrote in i had to i had to write it in the studio man it was crunch time like that's that song sounds completely different and then only man sounds completely different like i wrote most of that right in the studio mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know i just it's i kept the vibe because i just i never stopped writing and then when i decided to actually go in and start the process of recording the record in 2015 with brad bivens we recorded it from 2015 to 2016 in like six sessions mm -hmm. and i would fly from oakland to minneapolis and stay at my buddy's house which was a block away from brad's and we would record it in his basement yeah over like two or three days and we'd just do like two or three days and then i'd come back and we did six of those and uh so most of the playing on the record is me uh, playing on like rhythm guitars and keyboards and some of the bass. And you had uh, you had uh, was it Jeremy Hansen at yep, Jake and Steve yep. Garrington Alow play with you on this? And Jake, his brother, who yeah. I've known all those guys uh, almost my whole life. I've known them since we were teenagers. So uh, yeah, that's my original band. And mm -hmm. if you know, I just love them to death. Uh, we've made so many records 
the four of us have made so many records together and i've known jake since he was 16 i've known jeremy since he was 16 i've known steve since he was 17 Mm. and uh yeah we, we just all love each other so much and um so i had them come in had steve play all the super hard bass stuff that i couldn't play and uh and because uh, him and I played in Retribution together, and then Jake came in and just played leads and sang background vocals, and um, then Al Church came and sang background vocals as well. Mm. Um, I can't, yeah, but I didn't credit anybody on the album because I don't do that. So that's, uh, <laughs> but that, I'm telling you now, that's the scoop. <laughs> Tell me about uh, Baby Please. That song has the most uh, distinct. I would say it's the, it's the most distinct sound uh, or signature sound on that album, but it's also the most different as opposed, you know, compared to some, you know, only man or faded days. Um, it's an angry love song. Yeah. Um, that's what you're getting at. I get it. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> um, Baby please happened in 2014 when I was at my then girlfriend's apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. We just had gotten in a fight. And I was just like, she left for work and I was sitting down to write anyway. And I was just like, ah, I'll just write a song that like is about lack of communication on both ends. And uh, that's what baby police is about. It's about two people who can't properly communicate because they can't control themselves, but, hey, are, mad, that, but are madly in love. Th- uh, there's, there's a video for it too. Though, I got to ask you those kids in that video, they got caught, right? I have no idea. I didn't, I don't, I don't put, I don't, I've only watched a video like four times. Um, At the end, these kids are running and I'm like, they're running, holding hands. You can't run and hold hands. Well, I don't know. If you know anything about my music, I write about love a lot. So let's just say they escaped and they <laughs> fell and they ran off and they had new identities <laughs> and they, and they, you know, had many children who grew up to be very successful and took care of them. And well, so we've got, got a surprise for you, Eric. One of those children is here today. No, um, <laughs> we, we actually, we actually, uh, we thought we screened this show as a possible Maury Povich podcast type show where we bring out oh, God. guests and surprise you. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it that'd is be, not your child, actual wolf. <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. That would be great. <laughs> I have one. She's awesome. Um, that'd be fantastic. Uh, um. Oh yeah, but that video was done by Eric Nelson, who's a uh, you guys may have heard of he's done a lot of fantastic videos Mm -hmm. for people and um yeah when i'm when i uh have people do videos i don't give them any i don't that's their art i don't i make the music they make the videos so i'm just like Mm -hmm. you know you can make it about love you don't have to make it about love and they're like what do you mean and so, yeah, anyone who does, like, uh, Andrew, our, our drummer, directed a vi- video for Hometown Hero, Sinaloa Stroll. Mm-hmm. And he just, that's what I said. It has to be about me and my buddy Matt, who stars in the video. Mm-hmm. It has to be about him and I and our walk from his house to the Sin- Taco Sinaloa taco truck. And I was like, other than that, go nuts. You can make it about anything. So I don't. I don't, I let, I give people the space, you know, I ask that people give me the space to make my art. Mm-hmm. I give them, I trust them and I give them the space to make their art. So I was very pleased with the way the video turned out. Yeah. 
Um, well, I, I'm always fascinated to hear what goes into you know putting an album together, putting a uh, video together. Um, Neil Young, of course, has a legendary. I would even say vault. I'd say vaults, vaults of music. He's always releasing something, whether it be a live show or, or, or a number of different things. What's an actual Wolf, Eric Pollard's vault of music? I mean, are there finished, completed songs that just haven't seen the light of the air? Are there live recordings? What's in your vault? I, I would say I was looking through it last night just on songs I've demoed on GarageBand, and there are upwards of like 600 wow. songs. Wow. And ideas that I need to go through. Um, I take them chunks at a time. Like right now, I'm I'm uh, playing drums in a really great jazz project that I'm I'm into. And uh, I wrote some. I wrote like five tunes, jazz tunes, a few years ago. I went back and found those, and then I found like uh, eight completed actual Wolf songs that I completely forgot about. Uh, while I was looking for those jazz tunes. So, and yeah, so there's about, there's about five or 600 uh, uncompleted mm-hmm. well, ideas. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. We're so, so happy and lucky to have gotten faded days. And if you haven't listened or checked out hometown hero, definitely, definitely check it out on Bandcamp. Uh, and it's great to hear as you know, if you're a Neil Young fan, you've got collector brain and you can't wait for the next thing. Uh, I can't wait to see, uh, the next thing that comes out from actual wolf. Oh man. <laughs> uh, it's be so shoot. good. You guys don't even know. It's going to be my redheaded stranger. I'm telling you, it's going to be that good. I'm calling a shot right now. Calling a shot. I love it. Uh, I'm like Joe Maurer without a cold. <laughs> Without bilateral knee weakness. If they you are, <laughs> oh, shots fired from Eric Pollard. Uh, Come on, dude, what a waste of money. Eric, Sorry. Eric, uh, we are gonna shift gears to our favorite part in the uh, interview. It is called Ched Talk. Actual Wolf, are you ready to play sure. Ched Talk? Here on the Real Wolf Record Club, Chad Talk with Actual Wolf. First question. Song swap with Neil Young. He permanently adds one of your songs in his live set, and you add one of his. What songs get swapped? He does uh, Faded Days. Mm. Because obviously Baby Please is obvious, um, <laughs> but he, he does obviously obvious. Um, obvious. One more obvious. time. Obvious. Um, so yeah, he does, he does faded days. So then I can really get that mailbox money. Like, so I can feed my family and, um, and then I do walk on. Oof. Oof. Uh, anyone who follows you on social media knows you are a big cat guy. What kind of music does Donna and Lil BB like? Oh, Great question, actually. Donna uh, prefers like roots reggae, really into roots reggae, and she. But her uh, her favorite is me, the sound of my voice, uh, singing and playing piano to her. Little baby, jazz head, just straight up <laughs> jazz. Like jazz is on, she's into it, um, uh, but she's much too preoccupied with pets. We, but, we, uh, 
Uh, we had a, a friend of ours, uh, Sean McPherson, uh, from High Respects. Great, he was on the show. Great friend of mine. Yeah, he did uh, Mingus, uh, um, by Charles Mingus. So maybe that's something little BB can get into. Better beards, Southern Oregon or Northern Minnesota? Oh. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, okay. If we're not counting, like, Norwegian neck beards. Um, you can okay. take it whichever way you'd like, however you define a beard. Better better beards, period, northern Minnesota, not even a question. <laughs> like, southern Oregon have, like, the good big grower beards and lager beards, you know? Yeah. But, um, but like, they're just, like, they're, they don't have, like, the, they don't have the, the hardiness of a northern <laughs> Minnesota beard, you know? Like, there aren't, there, there might be birds nesting, but they're little, <laughs> little birds. Not big, hardy birds are not like barn owls <laughs> like a chickadee maybe uh you know i'm yeah like a chickadee yeah <laughs> i noticed you paused on chickadee well i thought about it because i was like mm. maybe not I, I, the chickadee's a very like strong tough resilient bird you know it is I like i didn't want to like sell it out and say like oh yeah look at the chickadee because it's like well chickadee will live on top of your head in the middle of winter it doesn't give a shit I just you always yeah. see them in bushes, so I just thought like maybe they'd enjoy yeah. a beard. Oh yeah, it's it's a great. That's a, let's follow that. Yeah. Are there are there <laughs> rednecks in in uh, Southern Oregon that have beards? Because the beards I'm thinking of in Northern Minnesota are a little rednecky. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are there rednecks in Southern Oregon? The rednecks out here are like dedicated, man. Like, they don't <laughs> they have, have compounds. They don't. They don't. No, they just don't like have like friends that aren't rednecks. Where it's mm-hmm. like, where it's like, the Minnesota rednecks—they all got buddies that are like they went to high school with and stuff. So it's like, oh, Tim's. A, uh, well, I can't say that word on there, but <laughs> Tim's a Tim's a p word because he wears tie dye, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like it's uh Yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> They had like, an intersection with someone who may have grown up and moved out of the bubble. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're we're yeah they're uh, they're all northern Minnesota rednecks all have friends who are like demon rats, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who yes. and who all like love them for who they the weird people that they are and like mm. and like you know let them talk about strange conspiracy theories and stuff around their kids <laughs> uh in reality actual wolf eric pollard is a talented singer songwriter finish this sentence in a bizarro world actual wolf eric pollard is an accomplished blank well you know i'm an accomplished other thing too um no it so, has to be bizarro world oh jeez. <laughs> um okay well we won't talk about that we won't talk about my other real world accomplishments you can tell us your other real world accomplishments i am a very bizarre yeah i won't people know um i'm a i am a professional uh cannabis grower Mm. and a and a and a what would be called classified as a master hashishin uh master maker yeah that's my other job. That's his bizarro world identity. All right. No, that's not my bizarre. That's my real world identity. My my bizarro world identity would be like, uh, in wait, the question again. 
to repeat the question, yes, yeah. uh, I'll read that back. In reality, Actual Wolf, Eric Pollard, is a talented singer-songwriter. Finish the sentence. In a bizarre world, Actual Wolf, Eric Pollard, is an accomplished blank. Accountant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I, we should have all been. If if you all, if any of you are, I, I, w- I, I wish I was you. I, I feel that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last question here on Shed Talk. Uh, make it or break it question here. Favorite vibe or mood album by any artist of all time? Dude, come on. <laughs> that is such an unfair question. Can I go like, can I go five of them? You have to pick one. These are the rules. I've given you a lot oh. of leeway already. You got to pick one. <laughs> and I narrowed it down to five. Okay. <laughs> um, the, okay, vibe best vibe album soul zodiac it's by uh nat and cannibal adderley yeah mm. called the soul zodiac the soul zodiac yeah and i'm gonna check yeah. this check the numbers here uh, i think you just won ched talk actual wolf here on the real wolf record club that was ched yes. talk we're going to take a very, very quick break here on the Real Wolf Record Club. A reminder to join in the conversation on social media. Follow us at, I'm going to do it, www.realwolfrecordclub.com. We'll be back more with the Real Wolf Record Club. Welcome back to the Real Wolf Record Club. We're here talking with our good friend Eric Pollard, the actual wolf, uh, about Howdy. about the the just moody, vibey gem uh, of a record by the great, great Neil Young, which is on the beach. Um, turning to our panel uh, during Ched Talk with Actual Wolf, I asked him the question: his favorite vibe or mood album of all time, and I, it's I purposely wide open because vibe mood feel that means lots to different people it could you could take that any number of ways um and obviously i think vibe and mood is a is a really big theme on the on the beach album it, it hits people in a lot of different places at a lot of different times in their life so turning to ben and hannah what is your favorite vibe or mood album of all time and yes you have to pick one hannah what's what's one you've got uh, Janet Jackson's self-title album from 1993. <laughs> I love that album. It's so good. Um, but I had a hard time pinpointing like what the vibe is because I was using like so many different words to describe it. But I'm like, well, if it's a vibe, I have to come up with something like more concise. So the vibe for that album is feeling yourself. There are a lot of songs on that album that are like, super sensual but then you get a little bit of like you know your classic more like poppy janet but a lot of like really good like r&b janet as well and it's very like atmospheric um like the album kind of you know starts in the morning and then like ends as like you're sort of like drifting off to sleep and it's just such i don't know it's just such an awesome compilation of music and there are songs in there that are just so funky and awesome and like if you are like at least tapping your foot to some of them like you just must have like no music in your soul <laughs> yeah you know I, I, 
that that it's funny you say that because uh, today during dinner our 21 month old asked Hannah to turn that song that album off because she it wanted was to listen. not that album. She wanted to listen to uh, Baby Shark. So, album. Uh, maybe she didn't have music in her soul at the time. But no, I, I appreciate that. The idea that there's that vibe doesn't mean any one different thing. It can be conceptually, it's a, it starts in the morning, ends at night, or it's got a funk or a feel, or it's about the you know what it's talking about. For me, I, I you'd think I would not pick this album because I'm squarely with with. Uh, Eric on his Wizards versus Lasers discussion, Wizards versus Robots, excuse me. Um, but for me, the, the the album that I picked was The Information by Beck. It is an album that just start to finish. It feels like the soundtrack to like Adventure Time. If you ever watched that show on on uh, Adult Swim, just kind of that that's that crazy. Actually, I think it was a Cartoon Network, so the kids show. But it's got this weird alternative universe feel. And for me, start to finish, that album just has such a consistent vibe. It just has a feel to it that I can't shake. Um, whether it be alternate universe or futuristic or psychedelia, it's just it's it's super strange. Actually, I bought it. I bought the box set on vinyl because that's the only way you could get the vinyl. I don't know if it's been changed, but I spent 80 bucks on that record like 10 years ago. <laughs> I know, and I was like, oh my God, $80. What am I spending on? And now I'm like, if you spend 80 bucks on a record that's really like a collectible, you are getting a bargain, my friend, because it goes way up. At way that up point, you should have known you were going to have a kid. <laughs> right? <laughs> like $80. $80. Wait, whoa. Eighty dollars just to get a, some vinyl? I, I think I'm gonna be a dad. Where'd these white New Balances come from? <laughs> ah, they look sporty. Uh... I got them at Kohl's. All right, uh, uh, Ben, your favorite vibe or mood album? I tried so hard not to do this, <laughs> and I really don't want to violate the no fawning rule of the real wolf record club, but I have to speak my truth. And the truth is that my vibe vibe album is faded days by our guest actual wolf. Mm. And I say that with all sincerity and honesty. Thank you so much. Part of the reason for that is when I feel like, man, I feel like listening to music and I'm on my computer or my phone, AC actual wolf. It's like the first one that I see and I'm like, can't stop like put it on vibe it through and i do have to give a lot of credit to our host joe who gave me that record on vinyl for my birthday brought it over and said happy birthday (laughs) i have this fantastic album you need to listen to so joe you have in truth bought it and bought it again so it, it as far as our record um, thanks guys so much yeah our thanks record uh, rating system is concerned it is already at that buy it again uh, for Joe Van Tomey. it's there for me too but uh, if I speak my truth I I have to say that that is my my absolute favorite vibe album I think it takes the the best of Neil Young and even maybe a little bit of Tom Petty and it throws it together in this like really modern cool vibey feel that. And I, I completely understand, and I, I love how you talked about the the album artwork for Faded Days, and how you said that is it. Like, it, it's it's going to happen. It's not like how much is it going to be, and what how are we going to do this? Like that is the thing, because those palm trees and that that just is like 
exactly the image that gets in your mind when you're listening to this album. So to the extent that any listener here has not listened to this album, do it. It's fantastic. And that's thank, all I'm going to say. Sorry, I violated so the no fawning rule, but I had to. It's all good because, you know, um, I'd also like to thank Angie Carlson, who was uh, head of publicity at Red House Records. She's from the Iron Range. I, all, all my stories lead back to the Iron Range. So, like, uh, and she, she heard it and she liked it so much. And she tried to get them to put out a record of mine for, like, two years. She t- kept telling Red House about me and how we should, they should put out a record of mine. And so I just thank her so much for just finally being like, all right, this, if you don't put this out, I mean, this is the one, like this is the one you got to put out. And they were like, yes, this is the one we're going to put out. And I mean, I don't need to go into the story of how it was marketed. I appreciate you so much for saying how that they sold the label my first week that the record was out. So it was like nothing you know, whatever, man, you know, I should have known right then. I should have just like started working for the County. Um, but like, I say working for the County. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) Just hang it up and work for the County. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, you know, like good job Uh, benefits. Come on. But it's, I mean, and you know, we say the no fawning rule only because, uh, we are a serious, very serious show as we talk about robots and wizards and all that shit. But it's, I will say, uh, listeners, you have to check this record out because when we talk about vibe, we talk about feel, you obviously think about, you know, Neil Young, we're talking about On the Beach. That's an album that's just got such a mood to it, such a, a feel. And there are a lot of great albums that have that. There are a lot of great albums that have that just start to finish. It's a consistent feeling, emotion, place that they're taking you. And I think that's what's so powerful about music is that when a when a person, whether it's one album or an entire body or or one song, they can get you there. And that's that's what's happened with for me, Faded Days, I'm gonna tell you, Be My Love is a great American love song. And at the start of the pandemic, we we had not had our child yet. We went out, we didn't know what was what. We like stood we were like, well, we'll stand 10, pe- 10 feet away from people and we'll be good. And we went anyways. And we heard that song live and it was like, man, this is a great American love song. So that's, I, I Ben speaking his truth. Amen Thank to you. that. Thank it's, you. It's a great vibe record and it belongs in the discussion for sure. So It's all vibe. That's The whole record is vibe. It's, I mean, vibe. that's it. Sorry. Thanks for recognizing that, guys. And <laughs> I, I, I just, I think, you know, I think it still has... Like a lot of my records, I think people are just starting to figure out about us. And I think, you know, Trample by Turtles has a lot to do with that. But like, they just, people are just starting to figure it out. And we got, we have seven albums out, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, we're, we're, we're coming at you, man. We're, 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 we're a fun band. And I'm just so glad that people are picking up on that. And you guys have such high praise for it. And it's just, I'm very thankful. Thank you. Amen to that. Well, speaking, you know, from one great vibe album to another, and we talked a little bit about our favorite songs off of uh, Faded Days or some other albums, for sure. Let's talk about On the Beach. Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. And and one of the things we like to do, you know, I, I, we call it, I call it the food principle. 
you know, there are podcasts. You go to some podcasts or some blogs or some review sites and they just shit on everything and they talk, well, let's pick out the bad stuff. I, I think it's so much more fun to talk about things that you love and things that make you tick and things that you enjoy. So saying I love Chinese food versus saying I hate, you know, Mexican food, that's no fun. Talk about the Chinese food. What's good about that? Let's talk about our favorite song off of On the Beach. Um, it's eight songs. It's classic vintage Neil Young in the sense that there are some absolutely long, moody, moody uh, ruminations on, on uh, one topic or another. Um, we're going to start with you, Eric, Actual Wolf. What is your favorite track off of On the Beach? This is one of my favorite tracks ever written by anybody. Not just on the beach. So that's why I ended up picking, or we ended up picking on the beach because I was like, oh, I will get to talk about this song. Mm. Um, Ambulance Blues. Ambulance Blues Oof. is my favorite Neil Young song. It's one of my favorite songs ever, period. Uh, has my favorite line that anyone's ever written. Even Bob Dylan, even better than Bob Dylan, my hero of mm -hmm. heroes. Um, what's the lyric you're all just pissing in the wind you don't know it but you are <laughs> there ain't nothing like a friend who can tell you you're just pissing in the wind yeah mm. it's like at the at the, uh, at the end of the song right before it goes, Boom, wow, and, he, and he does this Neil Young like put, put it you know him and Dylan are so good at just like putting it all through the harmonica you know mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it is my I never forget the first time I ever heard that lyric, and I it's just it's one of the best lyrics ever written. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I what I you know for listeners, whenever you're listening to this album uh, or this episode, we are recording springtime 2022, and maybe it's because it's the spring, or in the spring and the fall for me. I don't know if this resonates with anyone, but those tend to be ripe for emotional songs and ambulance blues man that is a song that in the right mood right right moment right time could could make me cry like it is it's just and it, it starts right at the start you know speaking of lyrics the oh isabella proud isabella that's apparently about isabella road in toronto uh which was a kind of a beatnikish community in toronto that they plowed under and developed and destroyed and it was gone uh, there's, I also heard that he lived there with, with Rick James, Super Freak, yeah. which yeah, yeah. is crazy to me. Neil Young living with Super Freak. I would love yeah, to dude. be a fly on the wall there. But um, but it's it's I, I bring that up not to get into the specifics, but just that this idea, it's, you know, he's he's talking about all these things. And at the end, he's standing there. You're just pissing in the wind. Like, it's a, it's a heartbreaker of a song for sure. Uh, so it's liberating. It's liberating. It's depression. Um, <laughs> yes, that, I, I was. I was. You said liberating. I thought, is he going it, to Frank? No. So yeah. Minnesotan and and like pl Canadian plains. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like in North Dakota. It's just desolate. Eastern Montana. You know, Wyoming. Places where you just stare out into the wind and it's forty below and. You just watch the wind push the snow drifts across the nothingness and there's no sound and uh there's a freedom in that you know yeah 
<laughs> yeah, amen. Uh, listeners, stick with us. It's not all heavy on this album. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is. I mean, you're right. I mean, this is a song. This is one of, for me, it was a contender for sure because it just, it, it is such, and that harmonica at the uh, toward the end of the song is just such a killer. Uh, just hits you right at the right spot. Hannah, what was your your favorite song on on the beach? Revolution Blues, despite the creepy context of the song. Um, Good point. Good point. But the vibe, the vibe, and it's the, a creepy yeah. vibe. Yeah. And I, it was like I don't know. I just felt I'm like, am I weird for saying I like a song that was written about Charles Manson? Um, but it's a good song and good lyrics and. There's multiple blues moments um, on this album, but this one just stuck with me the most. And the lyrics are grim, but they're good. So this was the the one that stuck with me the most. So yeah, that that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Great. <laughs> but we're not we're not going obvious at all on this. We're like. Yeah, we like we like the dark stuff. Well, uh, but I mean, that, that's I'm here I, for darkness. Yeah, that's what I think makes such and you can go with art any which way, shape, or form on this. You know, stand-up comedian can pick out something about an impersonation of somebody or a point or a view that's so unique and niche that it's just perfect. Or a songwriter or a painter or whatever it is. He, to him to talk about revolution blues as a way to talk about. Yes, of course, Charles Manson, the serial murderer and cult leader and things like that. But to, to pull it out and say, yeah, but there was this thing about them that they thought they were living the revolution. And to write a song about that, I, I mean, that captures the chaos and fury of that, you know, couple of decades that that, you know, that that was all going on. And it, it hits a part about his life, Neil Young's life, that is, in Laurel Canyon and Mountain View and some of you, you know, that well-traveled Neil Young had to have run into some very, very strange characters. And so yeah, this clearly. song, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this song, I think, just hits it. Like, it's got that really cool drum kick in right at the start. Um, yeah, and it's we live in a trailer at the edge of town and all. I mean, it's like he's capturing the essence of what made Charles Manson or some any any number of characters so creepy. And it's that they, they were murdering people and believing they were living the revolution so neil also on that tune does that neil thing that he does on a lot of blues where he it he it's almost he's singing mm -hmm. but and dylan's really good at this too him and dylan are actually and joni mitchell's really mm -hmm. probably the queen of it but like where they're singing but they're actually it's it's like he's actually just like shouting he's actually it's like he's shouting it at you from across the alley or like from the other yard. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and he just like, he, it's very conversational. And he's mm -hmm. like, and uh, it, it, I just love it. Yeah. Oh man, talk about fawning. I just love it when Neil Young does that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It makes you feel like he's like in the room talking to you at that moment, which I would imagine. I, I mean, there's, there's clear references to like, dog murder i mean it's so good to be here sleep on your lawn remember your guard dog i'm afraid he's gone i mean just everything about it from the the beat and the kind of um almost foreboding feel and plodding along and then the lyrics you read and like man 
this is some heavy stuff, Neil, but at least it's, you know, it's not, it's not completely depressive. It's mostly just, just chaos. Ben, your favorite, your favorite song on On the Beach. God, you guys are so heavy. <laughs> totally. Man. I'm going light here. I, I love Walk On, man. Ah, killer. That song yeah. is just great. I couldn't get past it. It's the first song in the album. It kind of brings you right into it. And I, I don't know. I, I feel good when I listen to that song. I really do. And I, there's something about the end of it, too, where obey that that's hard to change. I can't tell them how to feel. Tell them how to feel. Some get stoned. Some get strange. Sooner or later, it all gets real. Walk on. Walk on. Like, I just... Yeah. There's there's so much about that that resonates with me, you know, being a parent, facing adversity, like whatever it is, like, you know, just walk, keep walking, man. And the, like, and the riff, the riff. Too. Oh, and then the riff is just, I mean, the the, I don't, I'm not an expert, and we we don't profess ourselves on the Real Worker Club to be experts on music, which is why we get people like Eric Pollard to come tell us about the interesting intricacies of of music and creation and making 600 songs in garage band and being that prolific um you know unreal i i can just speak to how it makes me feel and 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 walk on to me is just this this kind of optimism and to just keep you going through whatever you need to walk through and i i love that and it's a it's a song that really kind of grew on me i'm gonna talk about that later but um i I love it it's great too you know with that opening line you know it it really sets the tone for like what the whole record's gonna be about too yeah yeah and i i think that's it's 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 such an interesting record and this song is a great example of it too because of we the first two songs that we talked about were what did you say, Eric? You said Ambulance, it was, yeah, crushing in its depression. No, liberating in its depression. Liberating, yeah, yeah. And then Hannah goes, well, let's talk about Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ben's like, all right, I'm going to bring us back to to uh, the normal normal world. But it, and that's what I think is so unique about this record. Because even See the Sky uh, track two is still a little bit more of that upbeat. And then that's when it really you know, kind of goes off on a tangent in, in, a, in the best of ways from there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to complete the cycle then because it's not too often. I think we usually have kind of a diverse mix of choices amongst our panelists and guests, but I'm going to complete the cycle and pick another track uh, that, that has not been talked about yet. Um, I mentioned earlier, uh, <laughs> I wrote a failed novel uh, it's somewhere in this house. It's saved probably on some old computer. It's printed out. It's highlighted. It's written. It's uh, There's some poor agent that I hired at some point to help me hawk this book. It may or may not ever. It, it, here's, where, here's where it'll see the light of day. That's how dark it is. Um, my poor wife and beautiful daughter will be burying me. Uh, there'll be a solitary rose on a rain-soaked coffin. <laughs> And they'll Seal be the, playing in the background. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's a little too upbeat for this. Um, and they'll be like, "Yeah, Dad left us this piece of crap novel. I guess we should probably publish it now." That's when it'll see the light of day. Um, <laughs> and the story will sell it. The, the story, story will sell the story, it. Y'all. It was but my dad's dying wish. My dad's dying wish. Please, 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 Scribner, publish this. Shrek, um, the novel. <laughs> yeah. 
Shrek, <laughs> the, yeah, the novel, yeah. finally. Um, finally. It's, finally. It's, but it's the, the book, the book that I was writing was very, very, very much in the, the vibe. And it doesn't talk anything about what Neil talks about on this record, the song, but it, it talked about the vibe and the feel and the absolute gutting emotion that the song on the beach gives to me. I mean, it just, that song, I, it, it was, this is one we've had times, you know, Hannah struggled with her favorite song on this. Um, we've all had moments where we didn't know it was not ever in the realm of possibility that I was not going to pick that track because I have listened to that song so many times from, I mean, the, the world is turning. I hope it don't turn away. I just God, so much about what you know about Neil and his um, mercurial nature, and but also his his re, he embraces the people he wants to embrace, and he absolutely, I wouldn't say flees, but shuns, turns away from those people. And yet here on a song, he's talking about, I need a crowd of people, but I just can't. I can't do that. I can't be with them every day. I can't face the fame. And which touches on, this is one of the, what do they call it? It's either the ditch, the ditch trilogy um, that they call this. And there's another phrase for it. I can't remember what it is. But basically after the smash hit of Harvest, he had Tonight's the Night. He had this this album. And then um, Time Fades Away that came out, which were basically him fleeing from writing things completely different than he had written before. And I think this song just speaks to that, that Neil following Neil, recognizing where he wants to connect, recognizing how he wants to be a part of the world and yet just can't. And and so much of that is reflected in all of his pursuits, whether it be creating an electric car or living on a ranch or all the different things he's done. Um, we should have known. We should have known. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's it's just, um, it's an absolute, it's just for me, it was an absolute stunner of a song the first time I heard it, and I've never stopped absolutely loving this song. Um, all right, well, I, I think we've covered our favorite, the highlights, at least for us, um, favorite mm -hmm. song-wise on On the Beach. But one of the things we also like to do here is our favorite, favorite moment. Our favorite moment, it can be time-stamped. You can look at a song, you say, at, 84 seconds or a minute 24 or whatever it is it comes in this thing happens or that thing happens um i'm gonna go ahead and lead and say it's it's the <laughs> my favorite moment on the record is still on the song on the beach and i'm only gonna describe it listener because of my intention is that you will go pick up your on the beach record that you all own and you will play it and you will listen for it and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when it happens. And if you don't have it on vinyl, you'll go to not Spotify because you can't find it on Spotify. You'll find this record somewhere. You'll find it on CD, which should be available now that it was finally pressed on CD in 2003, some 30-some <laughs> years after it came out. That was when it was first on CD, if you can believe that. It is the Bird Squawk guitar in the middle of On the Beach. It's just it you'll you'll hear it and you'll know exactly I'm like that sounds like a bird squawking in the night and it just makes me so sad and I hear that part every time and it's just another hook in the brain of this is why this is a just genius masterpiece of a song. Uh, ben, your favorite moment on on the beach. So my favorite moment comes from Motion Pictures, parentheses for Carrie. 
And I love that you have this kind of really, it's a slower song off the album. And then I, I, I think Eric mentioned this earlier, you know, one of those harmonica moments. So when the harmonica comes in, it's about two thirds of the way through the song. It's just such a like super tender, like just really brings such fullness to that song and uh, really kind of sets the mood of it. And I, I just uh, was continually drawn to that. And I, I just love that little moment where you have this nice song and then it just brings such fullness to it. So that's my moment. Mm. Uh, Hannah, your favorite moment on, on, on the beach? My favorite moment is the start of On the Beach. Um, for me, like, obviously there's blues aplenty on this album. Um, but Blues aplenty. Aplenty. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like, the beginning half of the album felt a little more, and this <laughs> maybe doesn't make sense, but, like, they felt like a little more, like, rocking blues a little bit. And then you get to On the Beach, and it, like, really like slows down to this like super gritty old blues song um, it's like depression blues <laughs> yeah some yeah. <laughs> i want to be depressed and here i am um so yeah no i just kind of enjoyed like getting to that point in the album where it just really like digs deep into that sound um so that i felt was a uh, an enjoyable enjoyable moment mm. <laughs> maybe that's not the right word but an interesting moment we'll say on the album your favorite moment how about my favorite moment on there the you album. go there you go um eric there's so many on here so i mean you could go any which way with it what was your favorite moment on the record uh i actually thought hannah was gonna gonna say i was gonna say the same thing as hannah um my favorite moment is is the beginning very beginning of the record right before walk on starts you can hear all the amps come on mm -hmm. bam, bam, bam. yeah right that's it like that like that's you just that moment where you can just every you know you hear everything you hear the mics fire up and then it's just like and it, and it goes that's my absolute favorite moment of the record and it's it was narrowed down for many <laughs> and I decided, like, actually, that right at the beginning, and I think Ben's, uh, Ben's little thing today solidified, like, you know, it just, it just, I don't know, man, it's just like, it's like a taking a deep breath. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, it reminds me of the beginning of uh, Casey Jones by the Grateful Dead, the studio version where they do the, right, and the, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just that little extra touch, you know, <laughs> chef's kiss, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's so, I mean, that, that speaks to Neil Young and what he was trying to do at the time, because if you know anything about tonight's the night and you know anything about his relationship with crazy horse and crazy horse, wasn't the best band in the world. And I don't think anyone would ever say they were technically or any which way you want to take that, but they were the best band for Neil Young. And a lot of the stuff, and I, I, a lot of stuff he did with them, he tried to capture capture that that they're not the best band. And to your point, Eric, at the start of a track by a guy who had a smash album, Harvest, can you imagine? Especially knowing what happened with David Geffen and Neil in the '80s, how, that must have pissed people off when you have little flourishes on your album that at the start of a big pop song, you still hear the amps clicking in. 
And you I gotta feel- believe there's some. Yeah, I'm doing this on purpose. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> I'm ready to speak on this for sure. Uh, speak. <laughs> people get upset. I will just say people. I don't want to say fans. I don't want to say music <laughs> lovers, music appreciators, because this could not just apply to music. This could apply to anything, really. People get upset when you don't make the same music that they like. Mm-hmm. They, they get mad. They get yeah. mad. Like so, you you'll always hear the most hardcore fans of a band be like. Man, I really, this is the album that got me into them. And then they came up with this album, and it didn't sound anything like this other album. It's like, well, yeah, man, that's, it's, that doesn't that's work. The that's the art part of the music part. And I think you guys all appreciate that. But yeah, I, uh, I am sure Neil Young got absolutely raked over the coals, as did. Bob Dylan when he plugged in when an electric in. car. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure Neil. Everybody was like, "Oh, Neil Young's the savior of of Folk American pop. of American <laughs> cultural traditions." Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna usher in the folk pop age. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And no, man, it's like it's not his style. It's not what he does. Yeah, and I and I, I think my point or your point, the broader point is the intentionality that he he wants that he wants you to hear to see this idea of you're gonna hear the amps plug in, you're gonna hear the flaws, you're gonna hear you know, quote flaws in in stuff because that's that makes it real, that makes it authentic, makes it that real. makes it it makes it a lived experience and. We talked with Peter Jesperson about um, the replacements and how there was this kind of almost cast-aside idea that we just got together and we recorded this stuff and we banged it out when we were done, which in part was true, but that there was also, you know, Paul Westerberg had a very, very intentional choices with the way things were done as they recorded, as they, you know, edited and went back and mastered and all those things. And so I guess what we're getting at is your favorite moment is perhaps a broader or maybe emblematic of Neil through his career yeah. is this is me, man. And you're going to hear everything. This is me. Dylan, Dylan and him are notorious for that. Like, mm-hmm. just like, just like keep it going. Like, all right, we did this one three times. That felt good. Let's go. Next song. <laughs> you know, Oh, but I made it that next. And I think that speaks to your point about crazy horse. Cause crazy horse didn't, Crazy Horse was just like, yeah. I can play bass. Let's play bass. Let, let's <laughs> let's jam. And then he's like, that one sounds good. And they're all like, yeah. We, thanks. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, I agree. <laughs> and at any point, any of those guys in that band could have been like, that's the best I've ever played. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Uh, yeah. We saw, we, we got lucky enough to see uh, Neil Young and Crazy Horse play in London a well before children uh 2014 i think it was and you're kind of right on that i mean even on a big stage in hyde park london seeing them play you could tell these are guys who who play off of each other as opposed to their own individual talents or skills um 
yeah, fascinating stuff what Neil was able to do with that band. But we're going to now turn to one of our favorite segments here on the Real Wolf Record Club, a very special edition of The Word Nerd. It's special because I'm doing it today. I'm doing it. Normally, listeners of the Real Wolf Record Club are hearing here on the Word Nerd, our beloved Word Nerd, Hannah, come in and tell us what favorite, favorite lyrics she has on an album. And I I couldn't let it happen. Um, I couldn't let it happen because I've listened to this song, or excuse me, this album so much over time. there, There was just so much I could pull from it, and I just did not feel comfortable giving it away to anybody else. So... I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that my favorite lyrics, again, are kind of what Ben talked about a little bit. I think it's so important to bring up, you know, the song Walk On. It, it, we're at a moment in the world, you know, we, you know, we listened to our good friend Eric talk about an album that was not able to be released because the world was freaking burning down, and understandably so, and God bless you for not doing it and just waiting. You know, all the things that we've lived through, and then you get a song like Walk On, at the front end of a heavy, heavy album. Um, and and I just, I don't know. I, I love the line, you know, it says, Ooh, baby, that's hard to change. I can't tell them how to feel. Some get stoned, some get strange, but sooner or later it all gets real. Walk on. And I think, Ben, you even mentioned that before. But that's got to be, for me, I don't think Neil was really big on anthems. I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't say he's big on anthems, but, man, if you don't walk away feeling like, all right, it's going to get weird, it's going to get strange, but just keep left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. If you can't take that, I don't know. I don't know what you're taking from this album, but that's what I took. I think those are really powerful lyrics, and I thought they were worth noting here. I got yeah. this. That's what got it is, man. I got this. And now turning, uh, again, back-to-back segments here. One of our favorite segments here on the Real Wolf Record Club. Uh, our good friend Ben puts it on a playlist. So, Ben, Neil Young on the beach, put it on a playlist for us. Well, Joe, this is my favorite segment. Um uh, maybe it's because it's my segment. I don't know. But um, we took you through deep into the scrambled egg brain of Ben, the put it on a playlist guy in the last episode. And we did a full XL version of a of a full wedding dance playlist. It was so weird. It was so weird. <laughs> and so I thought I need to give our listeners a bit of a break. I'm going to keep this plain. I'm not going to say, we're not going to do a playlist about vampires, which I thought, man, vampire blues, that sounds great. Let's, let's get into the blood-sucking element. We're not doing that. We're just going straight up harmonica rock. That's it. Just harmonica rock. So this is a playlist that features my favorite moment song, Motion Pictures for Carrie, easily my favorite moment of the album, but I've got a lot of other great harmonica rock songs we're starting with one that i don't know if a lot of people listen to train train by blackfoot just really starts it off with a good rock and harmonica hook by blues traveler a classic harmonicist 
if that's a thing. It is. Uh, the <laughs> Wizard by Black Sabbath. Who thought Black Sabbath would rock the harmonica? They do. Metal band with the harmonica. And then we're going to get back to figuring out what Bob Dylan was doing on his tour bus. What were you doing, Bob Dylan? You were tangling yourself up in blue and rocking the harmonica and actually bringing to the fore some contraption that lets you play harmonica while you're playing the guitar. The last thing that I'll leave our listeners with is a fact that it was on the internet, so it has to be a fact and it has to be true. Apparently, the harmonica is the number one selling instrument, musical instrument in the world. I believe that. Fantastic, Ben. That is fantastic. I There's lots it. of other songs in the playlist. I try to keep this again at kind of like a CD <laughs> album level of uh, number of songs, <laughs> but that's just a little preview. Take a listen. You can find it on Spotify or Apple Music. Well, that was uh, put it on a playlist. And to hear more uh, uh, from that, please go to realwolfrecordclub.com. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your music. Uh, we've got those playlists there. Uh, now we're turning to our home stretch here on the Real Wolf Record Club where we give each album a rating. Uh, we approach it from the vinyl perspective. Obviously, we're vinyl heads here. You're going you're gonna to either bury this record, meaning it's so bad you don't want it, you're going to borrow it, which, again, uh, a little Easter egg on another episode here. We talked about uh, Ben and I buying little record vinyl cases and carry, bringing them over to each other's houses to listen to because we thought that was a thing because that's convenient, carrying around a bunch of records in your car. Uh, you're going to borrow it but not keep it. Or you're going to buy it. You want to own it. You want to listen to it. Um, or my favorite, I'm sure I've given like 90% of our records here, buy it again status, but buy it again. One to rock, one to stock. You were going to play that puppy out, and you need another just in case it gets wrecked. That's our ranking. Bury it, borrow it, buy it, or buy it again. So I'll just start and say um, I own this record on vinyl, um, I believe, three times over. It's on the beach, Neil Young, for me. It hit me at, at a point in my life where everything he was saying was speaking to me. And I was just... It was a hard-to-find record, and so I was like, I'll show you, universe. I'm going to go find this record three times over, and so I did. <laughs> so for me, it's a buy it again, again, again. It's it's a fantastic record. I think if you are not familiar with it, it's going to be a little bit harder for you to find it. I would, I'm not trying to drive business to YouTube or anything like that, but you can Google Neil Young on the beach YouTube full album and it just plays over and over again. That's one way to find it for sure. But you should definitely, definitely check this record out. It's probably on Apple Music as well. But Joe, it sounds like this was a book it album for you. It was so good you wrote a book about it. It's a book it. Yeah. It's a we book had, it. We had the alliteration theme. It's <laughs> a, a book it. We had Eliza Hardy Jones uh, tell us that and the Kate Bush Hounds of Love record was so good to her she wanted to be it. So this is my book it. Yeah, this is Your my book, book it. it. Get him his, get, it'll take pepperoni on the personal pan pizza. <laughs> I loved book yeah. it. Oh my gosh. Put, Put a new sticker on my button. Yeah. Oh, and man. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that Pizza Hut pizza. Hannah, I feel like Eric's trolling you a little bit because the number of times in my life <laughs> Hannah has talked about book it. I love you are just I like rolling it with it. Loved it. I would read. I read, read so books many books too. Pizza. It's like best, a best perfect ever. utopian society. Wow. Why? Why not? Why not force? Why do your we kids? still do that? Because people. Because I don't even want to get into it, man. No. Get, the, think about that. Think how, the, how the fascists are going to take control? Think of the universe we lived control. in, and that we now live in, like. 
basically educators and parents got together in the 80s and 90s and said you know what kids need to read but they won't read so screw health just read and we'll give you pizza (laughs) but i'm still a reader it worked I'm very food motivated. And you order pizza every time you finish a book. It's annoying. I'm also, I am also food motivated. And, <laughs> I remember, remember if you got, I don't know if you all grew up in Minnesota, but if you went at least at Taco John's, you got A's, <laughs> they gave you free tacos. Mm. At our Taco John's, they did. They also oh, gave yeah. you diarrhea. Um, but... <laughs> don't you badmouth bad Taco John's, dude. We... Don't tell me. Don't we tell had me. a lot of Taco John's cups at my hey, house growing up. Hang on. Yeah. I grew up in Wisconsin. My brother, older brother was an avid Taco John's <laughs> fan. I love it when people people from Minnesota try to act like they, they didn't love Taco try to I act. didn't say it in Lego. It's just... Try to act like at like after bar they were. I'm above like, Taco John. I'll take six orders of potato legs. Six pack and a pound, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that nostalgia hits hard though. Nest Get that tea, personal pan pizza with your bucket. Tea. Playing Space I, Invaders. Oof. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I Space Invaders that. game there. Just I never said. I you didn't like it. it. I just <laughs> said it I was might about have to given revoke. Me your Minnesota pass. It might have given me gastrointestinal distress. As an adult, those don't sit in the tummy very well anymore. (laughs) You need alcohol. You Uh, need alcohol and a young body to digest that food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's for. But, (laughs) back to book it, you could could house a a personal pan pepperoni pizza (laughs) right now. Oh yeah! Not even think twice about it. Delicious. That's like an appetizer now. Delicious. This is exactly what you know. Neil in 1973 sat around and said, "Like I hope somewhere in my future there is a mishmash conversation of pizza for reading, Taco Johns and diarrhea, and my masterpiece <laughs> album on the beach." And I bet he, I bet he, I bet he also didn't have Daryl Hannah in the bingo card. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, what is, what is your ranking of on the beach? Oh, so my ranking, I'm a solid buy it. And I hate to admit this cause I'm going to sound very uncool now, but I'm definitely more of like a white bread Neil Young fan. Like I love rock and roll Neil cinnamon girl all day long um so that's why i'm not a buy it again but definitely a buy it on this album because it's a great solid album yeah i just love i love my rock and meal just a little bit more mm. ben your ranking of on the beach i came to the end of this one i listened to it because I, I i really i'm i'm more of like a hannah neil young fan where i've i've listened to the hits i've listened to the big albums a lot i never really had gotten into this album and so i listened to it maybe you know once or twice and i thought oh, it's a borrow it for me i'll grab one of joe's copies and throw it on when i feel like it but to me this ended up being a mushroom album and i say that is a mushroom album in that you let it sit <laughs> careful and eventually it really starts to grow on you <laughs> and that's so much what this was like as the real wolf record club we've said in the past 
you, you, we take these albums and we listen to them and then we listen to them again and Joe likes to shuffle them unless it's Hounds of Love, in which case, please do not shuffle it. <laughs> this is one where you can you can set it, you play it, and I had it on repeat and I just played it over and over and over and over again and I just didn't want it to stop. And I definitely went from a borrow it to a, a really strong buy it because it's, it, to Joe's point, I think it's one of those vibe albums and you just get into it and you start to love pieces of it more and more and that's why that's why i call it the mushroom album and i know we're we're not supposed to talk about you know the lasagna theories and any of these food analogies anymore but uh that's that's what it was for me it's mushroom album Mm -hmm. mushroom lasagna that's not where i thought you were gonna go uh with with into like fungus or something (laughs) (laughs) there may have been some intention to that but uh, it's also a mushroom album i think you you could take that any way you want to and it still works uh, it's an LSD album. It's, yeah. an album. it's a lot of things. Uh, it's a whiskey album. It's all of them. Yeah. Uh, Eric, actual wolf, you get the final word on this record. What do you rank it? Bury it, borrow it, buy it, or buy it again? Buy it again. I think that it's uh, an important timestamp on rock and roll in America, and I think it's a good. It's got a lot of good perspective on it, and. Um, that's what makes it timeless because i mean we're talking about it in relationship to things that are happening now mm-hmm. uh and it was very it's still very relevant um and you just need to good albums like that you just need to keep buying them and um giving them out to people and just making sure that like everybody at their most vulnerable moment decides to put that record on and then just gets their mind blown you know, mm. and then they just walk on. That's and right. They just walk on. Ah, uh, well, a- a- amen to that because uh, er- you know, Eric, we you're, we're such so lucky to have you on the show here. We talked about on the beach, Neil Young, an album that I bought multiple times. Uh, you've got some great records out, not the least of which is Faded Days, uh, which I bought multiple times and given away as well. It's 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 worth doing. You're right, Eric. Great music is great music, and it gets you through whatever you're going through um actual wolf eric pollard you've been our guest here on the real wolf record club where can a listener check you out where should they go is it Bandcamp or, or where can they find your music i think Bandcamp's the best way to go I, I just think everybody should really start throwing their um support around Bandcamp, and um you know you can always a good place to check me out i'm i'm uh i am an instagram I'm a Twitter addict, but so is everybody on Twitter. But um, um, <laughs> but I I uh, I'm an Instagram guy, so like I, I you know I, I do a lot of communicating through Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so so Bandcamp and Instagram for me. I don't like to support Mark Zuckerberg, but you know what? He's a shallow shell of a human being anyway. So like, really, we don't we we've all got that. We all. Mm-hmm. We've all got personality, and he—that's something he can't buy. So we're all good, right? <laughs> My Instagram handle is at Actual Wolf Music. Uh, Twitter is at Actual Wolf. If you want to hear some of my stranger opinions and just talk about cats, and then Bandcamp is actualwolf.bandcamp.com. Amen to that. Please, please, please follow, like 
subscribe. I'm trying to use all the right social media terms. Check out Actual Wolf. Um, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be very. We talk about mood albums, vibe albums. Thing you know, he's got such a great sound. Definitely check out our good friend Eric Pollard, Actual Wolf. And that is it for this episode of the Real Wolf Record Club. We talked about Neil Young on the beach. Go check out on the beach. Follow our friend Eric. Pollard Actual Wolf on his social media platforms. Buy his records, support his music. Um, Eric, I believe this year you're going to be touring. You're going to be playing some shows throughout the Midwest. Midwest. We like to stick to the Midwest because they pay <laughs> and the dri- and the drives are short. And the people like, uh, they like, you know, they like songwriters and they like rock bands and they like songwriters. So we like to stick to the Midwest. Uh, we're trying to get some West Coast things going. But yeah, we're, we'll be back in the Midwest in the fall for sure. Love it. Love it. Well, we want to thank our special guest, Eric Pollard, Actual Wolf. Um, join us at RealWolfRecordClub.com. Follow us at RealWolfRC on Twitter or at RealWolfRecordClub on Instagram. Plenty of more good, good stuff coming up. Lots of good music, lots of great guests coming up here on the Real Wolf Record Club. This has been the Real Wolf Record Club. This has been the Real Wolf Record Club podcast. The Real Wolf Record Club is a production of Real Wolf Productions, LLC, a limited liability company. The show is produced today by Ben Head. Our panelists were Ryan McInnes, Hannah Vantomi, and I'm your host, Joe Vantomi. Follow us and join the club on Instagram at Real Wolf Record Club. On Twitter at Real Wolf RC. Go to our website to find links to the episodes, upcoming news and information, as well as a link to buy merch from our very own Ward Sutton at www.realwolfrecordclub.com. You're listening to Be My Love by our guest Actual Wolf from his 2017 album Faded Days. Join us next episode when we discuss Liz Fair's 1993 album Exile in Guyville. Dance with me tonight.